It's a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. I would caution with, uh, you know, playing with Zach though. I'll kill you. He's gonna kill you. I'll kill you. Yeah, I'll kill you. That's even uh, if you do, Zach's even if you a pussy cat. He would never try to kill you with a rocket launcher to the face in in a game ever, mm. especially <laughs> a one shot. That's not. That didn't sound like you him know, at all. I, I got Zach's back on this one. You you just did in the hallway. Yeah, I did. Because rock and roll never dies, man. Hello and welcome to the Bite Size Gaming Podcast, the podcast that's serving up a buffet of RPG topics to get you through your week. My name is Zach and the host joining me this evening are John, Christian, and Troy Sandlin. How you fellas doing? Doing good. Doing good. I am well. Thank you for asking. Wonderful. Um, boy, we are, uh, as of this recording, on the cusp but by the time this recording launches, we will be in the trenches of ZineQuest. In the thick of um, And I could not be uh, more invested already. I can't imagine what I'm going to be in another week. So um, all of y'all who are tuning in to this fine show should walk yourselves right down to Kickstarter and back a project or three or five. Um, that is going to be our lead-in to our first topic of the evening. This is our dessert course where we cover um, bits and pieces and news uh, that we've picked up along the way. Um, I'm going to start us off here. Uh, I mentioned ZineQuest. I'm going to talk about one product in particular. I'm going to talk about uh, Gordonac, as I think how you pronounce it. Uh, Gordonac is a pseudo zine it's kind of like a big zine for mothership and as of this recording they are on day one and they are past their goal so they're going to be heading into the stretch goal territory um it is 18 bucks for the uh, physical book and uh, i think it's like nine bucks for the pdf what i understand about this book though is that it takes the mechanics of mothership but it takes the setting in a weird direction um okay. a different si- type of sci-fi weird horror um anybody who's used to uh mothership or has played it before is gonna know that that is sci-fi horror in space this to me um is a little bit different it fo- there's a focus on mechs and monsters that that encounter mechs. Um, I'm really intrigued. This project, as I understand it, has been in the works for a couple of years. Ever since Mothership was kind of dropped, this Gordonac has been worked on. Um, The tagline for it is, Mech-Bustin' Gang Warfare on a Dying Planet. Sounds lovely. Yep. You had me at Mech-Bustin'. Mech-Bustin'. Yeah. That's all I needed. Yeah. That's right. Uh, so, yeah, check that out. Check out some other stuff while you're on Kickstarter, and you won't be disappointed. Speaking of Kickstarter, John, what do you have uh, for us today? I am a sucker for a good tavern. 
I'm a, I'm a sucker for a weird tavern. I'm a sucker for a fantastical tavern. And so what I uncovered was the Seeker's Guide to Twister, Twisted Taverns, which is a mm. collection of said taverns that are specifically flavored more towards 5e, but can be interoperable. It's interoperable between different uh, settings if necessary. Uh, there are 14 in total. And this thing has got, it's not just the book that goes into the details about the denizens of the, the taverns, items, quests, encounters, and things like that that are in there. Um, there is, it includes, uh, there's a PDF, a hardcover, tavern maps, quest boards. There's a deck of cards that you can use for games. They've got a, games that you can play uh, in taverns with those decks of cards, that deck of cards. They've got, uh, they got dice that are associated to the to the the the, uh, the product coaster set enamel pins a, a mug a modular tavern I mean like this Jeez. it is all over there's so much stuff in this um, and they are rocking it right now they've got 32 days to go and they're sitting uh, of their twenty thousand uh, dollars gold they're in two, at two hundred and thirteen thousand dollars as of this recording so it's happening. And it looks yeah. it looks great, and I like what I see. Not just in regard, because I, I know that I kind of beat the drum too much about. Uh, sometimes I think about artwork because I just I love good artwork. But this this content is really really cool. Like they've got some example pages that are in here. The layout and design is really great, but the, the content is really good. Uh, and there are some there are some people that I recognize in here in particular. Uh, their lead designer is Logan Reese, who has a the RuneSmith or has the or. A, operates the RuneSmith YouTube channel. Um, and he's got a couple, a, a bunch of other um, uh, people in the community. Uh, they, they've even, in their their video, they've got like a full-blown song and an animated number. It's like, it's, <laughs> they, they, they hooked me, man. It's like, <laughs> it's D&D meets Disney. Just a little bit. Just a little bit, a little old bit. school. A little That's bit. Awesome. But, but it looks really good. Um, and I, I've, I mean, I, I threw my coins in. That's so, interesting. Uh, yeah. Really That's, cool. Um, that is tied in with Ghostfire, uh, Ghostfire yes. Games. Ghostfire and Games. these fellows did the Sybil's Codex of Companions, which I think we talked about on a podcast mm -hmm. before. Yeah, um, that was back at the first of the year. Uh, well, no, that was this is the first of the year. That was back in uh, first part of last year or, or right around first half of last year. I don't know when it was. <laughs> It feels like it was a long time ago. Let's put it that way. Um, but it was only last year. Well, we we've talked about uh, Ghostfire Games before, anyway, uh, mm -hmm. with with the mm -hmm. Grim Hollow setting. That's right. In the Player's Guide. Yeah. And uh, I mean, I'm sure if if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably listening to other podcasts along the, along these uh, lines as well. And you've probably uh, heard that our friend Sean Merwin has taken a. Uh, a high seat at the ghost fire table mm -hmm. and he's now yep. working directly with them. So expect yeah. great things. I mean, the stuff coming out of a ghost fire was already really good to begin with, but with Sean mm -hmm. cracking his whip as he does, <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty excited to see what's going to come out of that studio. 100%. But it's, uh, it's all over the place. It's it, so you can, you can stick with just the book for, I think it's 25 for the, the PDF, 55 for the hard copy, or just a slew of other accessories and baubles, trinkets, and stuff like that to kind of enhance your play in, in taverns. But it's got my seal on it. Looks good so far. I'm excited. Very cool. Love it. 
Uh, Troy, you got one more thing for us to talk about, it looks like. I do, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think we mentioned it a little bit last time. I don't remember whether it was on air or if it was just between the three of us. A friend of the show, James Intercaso, has started a project a while back Mm -hmm. where he would take the pictures from the monster manual and show them to his dad and ask him, what what is this thing called? How big is it? What does it do? Where does it live? And they went through about 80 or so uh, monsters out of the monster manual and he has put out on DM's Guild my dad's monster manual. And mm. it, it uses the same artwork. Wizards allowed him to use the same artwork from the monster manual, but then you've got but it's all different. Uh, beholders are not beholders in this monster manual. They are cryons and they're only like this big and they roll around on the floor and they chase you in packs. Uh, gelatinous cubes are not gelatinous cubes. They are, this is a rough one, in, entombinizers. And they're giant ice cubes that, that, that scoot around in frozen tundra and come after you. Uh, first level characters, low level characters, always afraid of Umber Hulks, right? Because they're just these monstrous two-legged bugs with giant claws. Nope. They roam in packs and they're about this tall. <laughs> I mean, so like the, the D&D equivalent of compies from Jurassic Park. Yes, they're okay. just, all, yeah, uh, ejectics. Um, now, I'm not saying that I'm going to use these monsters <clears throat> as written or as miniature versions of, of beholders or, or frozen versions of gelatinous cubes. But there is some, some fantastic stuff in this book and it is just a lot of fun i mean you can have a swarm of umber hulk things Mm -hmm. chasing you around um but it's very well done like i said uses the artwork james did the uh did all the stats for him (coughs) excuse me but and in uh on most of the uh entries his dad lucian has like, like a little quote um, of what he said about the about the thing, uh, Goristros are actual. Uh, they're nice, and they're 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 medium sized and they are made from actual cows, and uh, they they grow up and they uh, are great for uh, guard duty and protection and stuff like that. It's just. I'm just telling you, it's, it's awesome to see what uh, what he came up with, what his what his father just kind of came up with off the top of his head. Uh, BR steers is what Goristros are called in my dad's monster manual. And uh, James has also said that if people take this idea and add to it, mm-hmm. you know, do their own, he thinks that would just absolutely be awesome. I need to do one with my four-year-old. Yes, you do. Yeah. Right. Show her. What is this? The follow up, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. So the first one is my dad's monument manual. You could do like my daughter's uh, 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 Volo's guide or something like that. <laughs> right. My daughter's guide to everything else. Daisy, Daisy's yeah. guide to, to uh, cuddly creatures, right? Yeah. That, that, can, that can eat your face off. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. Look, this is a beholder. What is that? It's it's a one-eyed spaghetti monster. Oh, okay. Sure. <laughs> 
All right. Um, well, uh, the last thing that I'll mention just right at the tail end here is that um, I am about a week in at this point. Uh, as of this podcast dropping to my own little Kickstarter thing called Scrap Rats, um, I would love for you to check it out. Uh, Scrap Rats is fifth edition in space. Um, you play a group of salvagers uh, plumbing the galaxy looking for salvage and relics uh, to uh, make it to another payday. Um, the kind of tagline for it is disposable crews, uh, priceless artifacts, merciless space. And uh, it also uses the level zero rules that Troy and I worked on um, called Commoner Core and that Zach from our last week's episode is using in his product as well. So I'd encourage you to check out Scrap Rats. Scrap Rat. <clears throat> the video is All legit, right. by the way. It it's is. Very it's Kubrick. really it's, creepy. It's, it's, it feels very Kubrick. Appreciate that. I will say that the, uh, final, the final cut is... 13% less creepy than the original. Um, because of the lag of the vulture? Because of the vulture's gone, but... Yeah. Um, Fair enough. Fair yeah, it's, enough. it's pretty disturbing. Yeah. Uh, uh, you should, if if you want to see an amateur uh, uh, filmmaker in action and laugh, uh, the Bite Size Gaming Channel has you covered on Facebook because uh, you'll get to see my... Rough attempt at a Scrap Rats video. My rough attempt at... Uh, I did the video for... Uh, actually, for Zach uh, Winthrop Manor thing. So you'll see that. Um, and then uh, there's a couple other videos coming down the pipe very, very soon. Um, so it'll be fun. Um, and and I, I am not... I'm glad people like them. Uh <laughs> That's all I can say about it. That's positive. Like, this sucks. This is awful. Uh, let's put it out there. And people are like, oh, that's cool. I'm like, okay, well, I'm glad you think so. Um, it, the, the, the Scrap Rat, and I, and I still will say, the, the Scrap Rats video, to me, still has a very Event Horizon-ish yeah. Yeah. feel to it. Because it just has that, you're just put off just that little bit like, what's what am I watching? Well, what it yeah. does is it, it it focuses not on like the majesty and wonder of space, like space looks like. I don't want to go there. Yeah, this, this yeah. shit. This that sucks. That looks terrifying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's not that's... monsters and aliens. It's just it's space. Yeah, I just space want to go home. It's terrifying. That's right. That's yeah. right. Uh, Joe Rasso. I'll give him a shout out because I can. Uh, Joe Rasso helped me with this project, uh, helped me get it over the finish line. He is, has done a lot of cool projects on the guild, like the Great Dale uh, campaign setting. Mm, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, he took this from my little brainchild uh, baby into uh, something that I'm actually pretty proud of. So I would uh, definitely encourage you to go support Joe on the DMs Guild uh, if you do nothing else. Okay, whew, that was a lot of news. Whew. Um, that's all right, though. Um, we like talking about projects, and we like uh, promoting everything that everybody's got going on. So, um, that being said, we're here to talk about epics today. Epics. Uh, all of us are convention DMs um, at various uh, degrees, I should say. Um, some of us have been doing it for a few years, some of us... Uh, push in a few decades, um, I think. 
Troy. <laughs> I'm looking at Troy when I say it. Troy too. I yeah. W- Honestly, P1. convention convention play only started right before, for me, only started right before uh, fifth edition was was released. Okay. I so I started it. I started running with Baldwin Games for the D and D next uh, playtest stuff. Oh. Cool. Awesome. So 2013. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Mm-hmm. So you're almost at a decade. Uh, as my my daughter this this week, uh, she we visited one of my uncles and she found out that he was fifty seven and she said, "Oh, you're almost a hundred. Um, so I feel like <laughs> I feel like this is the same thing where I'm like, "Well, you're uh, you're you're at eight years." I'm like, "Well, you're almost at two decades." So yeah, I'll yeah, tell you what, it doesn't stop when uh, after eight. Okay, my fourteen year old pulled the same stunt. We were watching <laughs> yeah. Cobra Kai or something like that. Liz and there's Elizabeth Shue. She's like in her. 50s i think at this point okay. and she goes uh she's old I mean, she looks great in that show a fantastic like what are you talking about she's like 10 years older than we are oh well, you guys are not don't you guys don't look old at all she goes yeah, backpedaling hard man like, yeah. you know what go to your room you're grounded yeah <laughs> yeah tell me my city's grounded too that <laughs> done done uh so yeah so epics are um Epics are a multi-table D&D event. Um, it's when an adventure doesn't just include six people sitting around your table and your DM, but there are portions of the adventure that bring in people from other tables, things that they choose, uh, choices that the other tables make, um, creatures that they kill, creatures that they don't kill, NPCs that they save, NPCs that they don't save. All of these things can coalesce into repercussions for yourself, and then also an end result um, that is dependent upon the efforts of the group at large, not upon necessarily your own individual party's attempt. Um, is that a fair kind of summary? Yeah, that, of that? that okay. pretty much uh, pretty much covers it, I think. Yeah, I I try to distill it down into like it's like a World of War D and D World of Warcraft raid. Yeah. That's Multiple parties that are working together towards a, a common goal. Yeah, that's at right. the same time. That's yeah. right. Um, typically, the DMs have like a little agenda sheet that they have in addition to the adventure that they kind of know, like beat for beat. This is what where we need to hit these things, and we're trying to do this, and this is how we interact with tables. So they can kind of have a playbook, so to speak, for how the epic is ran. Um, and typically along with that playbook is that the adventure is divided into time slots, right? Um, because it's not a matter of can your party get through this whole thing in four hours. It's can your party keep up with every other party and get through this first part in 15 minutes, this next part in an hour, this next part in two hours, and then close it off with a 45-minute fight. Um, and survive. There's a... Exactly. There's so much complexity. If, you, if you've if you ever attended a con, it looks like chaos because it probably is. Um, but there's something unique about an epic um, that you, it's, you're hard-pressed to find anywhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, scenes how we're all uh, convention DMs and have ran numerous epics uh, for dozens, if not hundreds of people at this point. Um, I felt like this would be an interesting point of topic uh, as more and more people are coming on to virtual play weekends 
and playing online cons. People are coming into AL for the first time, and they're seeing this word epic on the adventure, and they're saying, what the heck is this? Um, what what do we want to tell them about epics? Uh, well, first off, um, epics, the epic style, the epic concept has been around for quite a while. Um, other other organized play groups uh, use these things as well. They're, you know, called battle interactives, specials, epics, whatever they might call them. Um, the first, the first one I was ever a part of was that first year I ran for Baldwin Games, and it was a very small one called the Confrontation at Candlekeep, mm-hmm. and it was done in basically pod form. Each uh, each running, there were six tables involved, mm-hmm. and so it was built off that way. The very next year, when fourth or fifth edition was released, it launched with uh, and back then, and they've learned a lot about how epics should run and how we should present them and stuff like that since then. But it was going to be played on Saturday night at Gen Con, and. There was no other D&D being played from Baldwin Games in that slot. And I want to say we had 108 tables going. Holy crap. It was in Hall D. If anybody's familiar with the Indianapolis Convention Center, that's where we used to do all of our organized play. In the huge gaming area with everything else. Um, Yeah, for... uh, you look out over this just sea of tables and people and Teos Abadia was the one that wrote it. And the mm-hmm. funny story behind that epic is he wrote, well, we could, we could have like this kind of interactive element. We could have this kind of interactive element. We could have this. He had this laundry list of different kinds of interactive elements, had them fleshed out how they could work and was like, okay, now here you go. Read through it. And let's figure out which ones we're going to use. <laughs> they read through it and went, okay, looks good. We used all of them. And, <laughs> oh my God. And, oh my God, was it, it was barely controlled chaos. It was, it was herding cats while covered in catnip. I mean, it was, it was absolutely bonkers. <laughs> uh, we had, you had all the DMs, and then you had per, I want to say, 12 tables, 9 tables, something like that, a, a head DM that kind of corralled that. Each table had a table captain. Then we had the headquarters table. Then we had a special table where I think Mike Merles, one table was Mike Merles, one table was Jeremy Crawford, and people were getting pulled from their tables to go up and run a different aspect. Oh, it was it was absolute madness. We were dressed in those stupid tunics. It was it was fantastic. You know, yeah. it's interesting that you say that you brought up can- uh, confrontation candlekeep. I also have a fond memory of that. It's the first thing that I bought off the DM's guild and ran. Oh, nice. And I did not oh, know wow. it was an epic when I bought it uh, off the DM's guild. Uh, but I was looking for something to run for a new group that I was running on roll 20 and i was like oh this looks cool it's like a i had i didn't even know what candle keep was i was oh. like sounds great all it's a castle 
library thing. Yep, sounds cool. Oh, a dragon attacks it. Yep, they they'll want to fight a dragon. Um, just grab it, and and we had a blast playing it. Just uh, you know, me and five players. Of course, we weeded out a bunch of the interactive stuff oh, that yeah, you yeah. talk about. But but uh, uh, I fond early fond memories of D and D from that module certainly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah, Craig says that. Uh, yeah, the anymore. With the way they, with the way epics work, it is a lot more gamey, war gamey. There's, there's yeah. not a lot of room for role play, right. because you're on such a time crunch. Now, I will say that the newer epics are getting a little bit better at allowing the role players at your table room to shine. Um, past epics, it was run and gun. Uh, roll your dice, kill the bad guys, keep going, keep going, keep going. Um, but now there's actually breathing room that you can actually role play, and you're still contributing to the entire storyline. You're still hitting those goals in one way or another. Whereas before, if you had a table that was like, no, we want to sit and talk to the the fairy queen. Well. You know the rest of the, the rest of the of the session. That table is just going to be scoring uh, zeros because they're not going to get anything accomplished because it wasn't written in. But but now it is. It's a lot better. Uh, and, and, and to John's point, yeah, it is very much like a a, a multi group WoW raid. And I never thought of it that way. But that's 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 pretty solid. Yeah, yeah. So I've got a. I have a. My experiences uh, as a player. I'll, I'll start there. And my first experience with an epic was a Moonshay special, which is kind of mm. like the the the, un, the off-brand version of epic. They can't use they can't use epic, right? So yeah. that's yeah. The, if it's, it's the special. Like somebody trademarked um, it. Yeah. Right, exactly. It's like it's like you can't uh so you can't talk about the big game, if you know what I mean? Can't uh god forbid we say what it really is, wink. Um but that's coming up this uh uh, and next Sunday or something, I don't know. or did already? I don't even know if they. Did, I don't know, some did weird, or, yeah, whatever. Some weird, you know, the playing the foosball. A few people yeah. watch it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So whatever. Uh, so for me, it was at Gen Con 2018. I'd gone with some friends of mine and my son, and I had heard at Gen Con 2017 about it, and I'd seen just like tables upon tables of people and thought they were all playing an individual game and they all cheered at the same time I'm like what the hell is this so i i muster up the like I, my dm like what is going on over there it's like well they're playing an epic and he kind of gives me the you know the skinny on it a little bit I'm like and as soon and whenever my friends and i were going to go i'm like if there's nothing else we do we have got to get in on this because it sounds like a blast and so uh, my experience was we actually got to do a lot more role play in it than than kind of like what you're good yeah what, what, traditionally right that usually yeah. is running on and don't get me wrong there was lots and lots of crunch and lots of tactics that were in it but I think I kind of like f- pushed the the role play aspect because that's you? just I know I know <laughs> right I'm no. incredulous just terrible and so but uh, but it was great we we loved it and it was one of those things where. It was the, it was the capstone to our, our weekend. That was the last thing that we were going to do the Sunday before we left, and it was great, and I really really loved it. So it was it was a pleasure doing the same thing for Gen Con 2020, which was the first time that I ever run one, or uh, run an epic as a as a DM, 
which is also odd because the first time that I did it was online. Mm. But it could I could have admined a uh, yeah. a session or a an epic had the the fates aligned themselves uh, thusly. I like Troy and I have like hung out with one or seen one another and, t- and hung out a little bit at Winter Fantasy 2020. Yeah. Before the, before the great separation of 2020, oh my god, and and uh, and I was going to help him admin it, and then a, one of a buddy of ours ended up getting sick, and uh, he had to bail on his table, and I and I filled in for him. So uh, to this day, I still I need to get the Troy experience. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> I yeah. was I was so looking forward to it because I was thinking, oh my god, I'm going to ham this up. If he'll just like Troy, let me in the game, coach. I was yeah, all yeah. I wanted was to get on, like stand on the chair and scream and yell and act like a complete buffoon, and then it didn't pan out. So I'm still waiting. Like that ticket, yeah. I'm I'm st- I'll still what, have man, it in my pocket. 20, 2022, we are going to admin an epic together. I'm going to admin the hell out of that epic. Uh, <laughs> like we got, we have Craig and and, and Girk in the chat, and uh, I, I know. Yeah, Craig has played an epic with me as a DM, uh, and I, and Girk is going to be playing in an epic with me as a DM this coming mm-hmm. weekend, mm-hmm. or this last weekend from when this mm-hmm. drops. Yeah. <laughs> um. So, uh, t- they've not seen what it looks like in in meat space. And so you've got all the tables, you've got all the noise and the mm-hmm. and the cheering, and the the thing about adminning, you, you generally should have more than one admin. And the head admin is is kind of like he's making sure that all the the cogs are clicking, and the story is getting to where it needs mm-hmm. to go. And then the other admins, maybe even the head one, uh, at certain times will roam the floor between the tables and mess with the tables. Yeah. <laughs> or that's happened quite a few times. Actually. Krishna was the one that did it to me at, uh, at Gen Con 2019, yeah. or 2018. Yeah. yeah. It, and, uh, there's been, there's been certain epics where I've been, uh, Volo. I've got, I've got to go to tables that uh, needed things. And, uh, I, I was Volo, and I would go up to the table. And, oh, what do you need? You know, and it's just, it's an absolute blast to see the people just like, what is going on? Why is this guy coming to our table? It, or you're carrying a dragon, and you set the dragon down in the middle of the table, and it's like, all right, everybody, uh, the dragon uh, blasts you, you, and you. Give me saving throws, and you, you, and you. This happens, and it and it's just like I said, it's it's barely controlled chaos and you're trying to get to an objective and yeah. you've got these people coming in and, and messing with you. Mm. I, I will say that, uh, for my own DMing preference, I am not a huge fan of, of epics. Um, just because of the chaos, right? The, yeah. the chaos of your table needs to keep up with the table next to you and the table next to them. That means that, you may be in the middle of an amazing combat, but you got to be done in five minutes, right? Yes. And so you yep. got to figure out a way to wrap it up. And sometimes figuring out a way means you stop. You stop the combat. That's worst case scenario. But you stop the combat and you're like, all right, guys, we got to move on. Here's what I'm offering you as a ending to this combat. And we move. Um, if you don't like that, 
listeners, don't play an epic because right. it's going to be a roll of the dice up to the table and the DM, and every time it's going to be different whether or not that happens. If you if you don't like the idea that you might get kind of get wrenched from what you're doing into something else, go play something else. Um, I that's just a small warning. That being said, uh, first con that I went to was also a Gen Con and ran games and I ran a Moon Shea special uh, twice during that con and it was chaos and uh, it was very interesting and I still think about that epic a lot and that game a lot um, because they're always interesting and epics are typically the culmination of a story of a story arc through Adventures League and so you're getting that like really cool nugget of narrative because you're in the big battle or you're doing the cool quest that you've been leading up to. Um, so if you're, if you like that sort of thing, if you like return of the Jedi or uh, return of the King, um, that the Pelennor fields, that's an Epic in, and that would be an Epic in D and D, right? Oh yeah. Uh, the or battle of the battle of five yeah. armies. Yeah. The battle of Endor. Um, those are mm -hmm. epics. Mm -hmm. Um, and they're always chaos, uh, and that's just the way it is. Uh, I will note that there's been a really good epic, and I think I know why that I played in, and that was Troy when you and I played in um, uh, in the D and D Beyond special. Oh yeah, and I will note. So so what I'll say there is, um, if you are in, if you ever have the chance to like play an epic in a highly organized space with other people that you know. Like if your uh, ga local gaming store is running an epic and you know a lot of the people that frequent there, that could be really cool mm -hmm. because when you're not just playing with the tables next to you, but you know all the people at those tables and all the DMs know each other and they've coordinated ahead of time and they and somebody brought the, their craft bucket for that one time <laughs> and somebody else's yeah somebody else has brought props and uh, you know you you have all these little things. A lot of the rough edges of epics get smoothed off in that case, and it becomes something much more palatable for those of us who just want like a smooth narrative. Um, so that's kind of my little caveat: is it gets less chaotic, of course. It gets less chaotic when you're in a more personal oh, space. Yeah. So, but I will say there is something to be said for a hundred tables running the same adventure. Yeah. It, Heck yeah, it's an, it, it. It was an experience like no other, and like John was saying, you know, at, at certain points, that entire gaming hall, Hall D is huge. Yeah, there and were times rolls, that, right? that we were yelling so loudly that everybody else in Hall D could hear us. Yeah, yeah. or I singing, mean, or chanting, or, or yeah, all that something. Stuff. It was yeah. so. It was a lot. It's a lot of fun. I think. Yeah, I think that we'd be best served kind of at the tail end of this discussion to maybe make notes of a couple of the epic type, multi-table type uh, adventures that AL also offers um, just so that new players have a sense for these other terms. Um, so the first one that I'll mention is, oh goodness, I'm going to miss it now. Is it called an interactive at this point, that About Moonchase? Is that what it's called? The They're like specials. the, uh, the is, are they just special? No, no, not the epics that are not called epics, but the ones that are role play only. 
Oh, uh, yeah, I know what you're talking I, about. I don't know if they it? have given an official name yet, but yeah, well, it's like LARPing, right? It's LARPing, yeah. basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's 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 within the same framework as uh, within the same story, within the same narrative as the rest of the series, but instead of sitting at a table and rolling dice, you're in a you're standing up or you're mingling and you are all playing your characters as if you know in live action role play and there's npcs are played by the dms i think those are called interactives uh but uh you should you should if you see something that looks a little bit odd uh especially at a con they don't do those online uh that's probably what that is and they've only Uh, had a couple and Mm -hmm. they don't have that many tickets so it's it's very much like it's very much like a, a cross between a full-on LARP and a how to host a murder mystery. That's right. It's, <laughs> it's in there. It's in that window. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if I, what I have heard is that people that really like that sort of LARPing um, really like those games. If that's something that is interesting to you, I think you're really going to enjoy it. And if you want to roll dice, I would suggest you, or do combat, I suggest you go somewhere else. Um Speaking of going somewhere else, um, if you don't like combat, the other thing is an open. And I think we should clarify that one real yep. quick. Mm-hmm. Um, an open is typically an eight-hour slot, sometimes six, but six to eight-hour slot, where you play pre-gens through a larger story um, that is typically t- woven, the, the pre-gen's backgrounds and stories are woven into the larger plot. That being said, that's not always true, right? Yeah, that's not, that, that's not how they started, yeah. It was that's you right. your own character. That's right. The kind of, one of the hallmarks, at least currently for opens, is that there's very little combat. Um, it's a heavy role-play experience, and you're scored, and it's a competition between you and the other tables that are playing the open at the same time. Uh, your DM grades you as a table. It's super subjective. Um, but if you like longer form stories, an open really gives you the opportunity to really bond with the, the random strangers at an adventure, at a con table in a meaningful way. And it's a story that you're going to remember because you got the you you started at point A and you worked all the way to point Z, and you and you finished, and you're like, cool. Uh, it's not like some of the mods or you know when you go play at a con and you're like, oh well, I played ten dash one and then I jumped over and played three three and then I go and over here and played nine two, and I don't really know what was going on at any of them. You're going to know what you're doing in an open. Mm. Um, they're a lot of fun. And to to kind of clarify a little bit. They're not all non-combat. That's um, no, 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 no. The the first the first two that I was a part of was yeah, a lot of a lot of combat, a lot of puzzle solving too. Mm-hmm. Um, puzzle solving is big, yeah. And then w- with uh, uh, what was it, Waterdeep? Yeah. Dragon Heist. When Dragon Heist came out, the that was when they decided, hey, let's do something different, and they had the pre-gens. Mm-hmm. And if you could find anybody that played in that, especially Origins, where it debuted... Um, That's me, yep. Well, no, I did um, Game Hole Con. Game yeah. Hole Con. So, yeah, Origins, where it debuted, they will. A lot, I'm sure they will tell you 
Game One Con or wherever else, that that was probably one of the best games they ever played in. Yeah. Because it was so unique, even though it was pre-gens. And especially if if uh, they played it at Origins, they'll probably tell you about some some dork running around dressed <laughs> as a city guard uh, <laughs> with other dorks dressed as city guards arresting people and uh, causing all kinds of havoc. And one of those dorks was me. That's awesome. Uh, I, I feel like we've done a good job uh, of covering these kind of more special things. Um, we're probably going to miss a few, but uh, at least at this point, hopefully the listeners will know the, the, the general big ones uh, out there. Um, there's going to be some things like dungeon craft and salvage missions and things like that that are kind of new to the scene. But I think right now those are few and far between. Um, and we, as even even we don't really know how those are going to shape up and how consistent they're going to be in play at this point. So I hesitate to feel like we need to go too far into those. Um, anything else we should cover with epics before we round this thing out? I've got one, like one sure. one final thing for me at least. Um, we wrote an epic, a special, a special, a sp- special. Right, special. yeah, it was right. special. We did. It was special. Um, yeah. yeah, we wrote one. Right. Yeah. It yeah. was uh, in two weeks. Uh, look, in two weeks. No, no, we did not. We did not write it in two weeks, sir. We wrote it really in like three or four days. Well, we completed. And then we it. tweaked it. Yes, completed it in two weeks with three play tests in two right. weeks. Look, yeah. th- look. This is the part of the podcast where I'm just going to completely pat the three of us on the back. All right. And I know this is going to be so off putting to, to some, and I apologize. I'm really, I'm not usually this bad, but he is. it he was, really is. it was a Herculean task that we got it done. And I liked it. I still, I still love it. It was, it was uh, good. To, um, it's, and I think the, the experience of trying to figure out a way to include other tables in without watering down the play at the, at that table and how like affecting, like how the, the, the different tables would, interact or would would play off of one another and the different choices that you had man it really it just it it is a completely different type of game design that you have to really go into it with and and the monkey in the wrench was this was online this was this was one of yes. the virtual things yeah um and we were still trying run to, online yeah yeah we were still trying to figure out uh at the time how epics would would go how how they would work mm-hmm. online yeah um other other groups have have done them and uh i think that was kind of we we left that as an untapped resource we didn't really mine mine those those other individuals for what we could have i don't think um well we didn't yeah. have the time to for one well but uh yeah so it was yeah. it was a very unique experience i think i think the one that we wrote would probably look a little bit different if it was not online i oh, think yeah. yeah i think there would have been stuff that we would have added that would have been way more gonzo than what we had mm-hmm. yeah and it's a pretty gonzo it, it'd be like, like, gonzo. A, like a metal D adventure you oh, could just yeah, pick yeah. that up and run it and you'd, you'd get it and it's self-contained uh yeah. so there's a yeah. lot of things that we we uh had a lot of fun with um all the most like heavy metal monsters that we could cram into one adventure mm-hmm. got crammed into one adventure. So yeah, yeah, uh, it was it's blast. like an Iron Maiden fever dream. That's Pretty right. much. 
Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I think Eddie was even in there somewhere. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> it's crawling around somewhere. It's crawling around there somewhere. Um, okay. Yeah. It, the other thing I would have to say is if you've, if you've not played in an Epic, do so. Yeah. Um, play one. Yeah, at least one. I, I will say play two. If you've, if you've never played an Epic, period, play one at a virtual D&D weekend or at a convention online. And then if you can't, get to a convention in, in, in real life when the world goes back to normal-ish mm-hmm. and, and play an Epic when you can see everybody else sitting at their tables. Because mm-hmm. it will be a vastly different experience and a lot of fun. Absolutely. I love it. Okay. Well, hey, that was a good discussion on epics. Uh, some good news articles at the beginning. Uh, recommend again that you go check out Zine Quest uh, and buy some zines from some cool creators. Uh, thanks to John and Troy for hanging out with me one more time. Well, um, thank you. Thank you. I encourage everybody to go check out our Facebook page, Bite Size Gaming on Facebook. Um, I think we're also on Instagram, and we're talking about getting on Twitter, trying to get more out there as far as that goes. Um, but what you're going to find on that is notifications whenever we do these sorts of things, when the episodes drop, projects that we like, projects that we're involved in. When we do virtual cons or in-person cons, you're going to be the first one to hear about it. You're going to know what our tables are. All of those things are on our social media, um, so we'd encourage everybody to pop by and give us a follow. Um, and we want more interaction. From from yeah. you guys too. Tell us what you want to hear. Or tell yeah. us, you know, Troy needs to shut up more, or you know, whatever. We need to do. We need to find a segment, find a way to put in a segment where it's the voice of the player or the voice of the people, and maybe they could, you know, start with something that people can target on. Maybe, um, uh, somebody somebody does. Um, what are they called? Uh, they're called something quests on a podcast that I listen to. It's a movie podcast. And um, they're, they do one every week. And uh, they're, oh, they're called a Sift Quest. Uh, when do we get to play it? Girk, um, <laughs> Troy will have to cut this out probably. But um, Girk, uh, I, I have determined I'm just going to rip it from John's hands and give it to Dave, and then it'll be on the DMs Guild in, like, probably six months. Because <laughs> who knows how long Dave will take. <laughs> oh, wait. Is, but, oh, so that's where it's at right now? It's in John's yeah, hands? Yeah, it's in John's It's hands. on me, right? Just editing it out, um, yeah. making it pretty. Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I need to get back uh-huh. to that. We will let you know as soon as that happens. Um, yeah. Yeah. But Sift, uh, Sift, Sift Spoil or Sift Quest is basically that podcast does. You can write in a question that you want us to that you want them to answer and i think that sometimes they have really good uh questions um so maybe we could do the same thing here uh but yeah throw us. it out on yeah. social media yeah, yeah. and uh, and try to get some responses yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. absolutely all right folks well we've held your attention now for two hours appreciate you hanging in uh, and, and we didn't even hold my attention for two hours. <laughs> uh, so with that, we're going to bounce out. But uh, I think we'll probably be back next week if we can make it, manage it. Um, try to get uh, another recording in or two. And uh, we may shake up the format a little bit here in 2021 yeah. if we can ever reconvene and get that figure out. But mm-hmm. we'll see. 
All right, Girk. All right, everybody else in chat. Craig, Craig. and anyone else who's lurking, appreciate you hanging out. Uh, hopefully, we'll see you at Winter Fantasy. If not, we'll see you next time. Yes, indeed. Thanks, everybody. Have a good game, everybody. Yep, stay safe. <laughs>